Welcome to an episode of Time Talks. In this episode, we welcome Emma Williams, who's a psychotherapist and a psychodramatist and wants to help others live their true, authentic lives. So we're really excited for today. Um, we both wanted to explore yes. anxiety, such <laughs> a big topic, stress, depression. Um, so many of our clients have yeah. had these issues at the moment. Yeah. And we've definitely seen that COVID ramped it up (laughs) Uh, with people experiencing maybe one or two of these things and a lot of women have just been finding it easier to chat um, to loved ones or us rather than professionals or HR or you know at work Um, so I think it just crops up organically anyway when you're in conversations with people so as promised we said we'd do a podcast with an expert um so Claire I'll go for the first question yes let's start. um thank you so much Emma I think let's start off with tell us a bit about yourself and, and why you got into what you're doing gosh I mean you know I mean I, I I would hope that most therapists get into doing therapy because of their own journeys right yeah. um I probably engaged in therapy from, oh gosh, probably my mid to late twenties. I'd had, you know, I had pretty significant trauma in my childhood Mm -hmm. and um, I just got to a point where it just was, I wasn't managing. And so I've been on a long journey of therapy and then I think it just got to a stage. I I thought I'd always knew I would train at some point, Mm. you know, um, that I would train in it because I thought, crikey, you know, I've done all this work. And I feel like I just want to support others to, you know, live their best lives, you know, that you can heal and that you can repair. So that's really why I kind of went down the road. Um, I just want to mention, though, that I do psychotherapy, but also psychodrama, which is people probably won't really have heard of that. And um, it's it's an action based um, talking therapy so that there are there are talking elements to it but we always prefer to get things in action. So for example, a lot of the stuff is about relational, you know, the things that you're suffering with in terms of your relationships with others, the relationships with work colleagues, and that that might trigger something for you. And then we we would be thinking, where does that come from? You know, where does that lie in your belief systems, which often are in our childhoods? And so that's getting into the body, isn't it, where anxiety can really sit? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's sort of why I sort of um, um, came into into doing it, really. Mm. So run us through anxiety then, stress and depression. Sort of, are they different? Can they overlap? How do you know which is which? Mm. I think it's really tricky and I think things are really quite overwhelming you know mm-hmm. and there's so much now that you can access on the internet about you know anxiety and if we think about anxiety and depression they are disorders and that is a psychological disorder you know if you are struggling with those and it's prolonged then mm-hmm. you want to go and seek help you know you want to go and speak to your gp but stress i think we see more as an external factor that adds to and can add to anxiety and depression. So right. I'd say that that those are the kind of differences of those. Anxiety is about is about worry, is about the worry within us. Okay, have we done things? Um, what if I haven't done this? Oh, I just sent an email. What does that person think of me? They haven't responded. 
Oh, yes. You know. <laughs> Does that sound like us. Yeah. My inner voice. <laughs> so those that can get out of hand, right? You know, and particularly again, I, you know, I will keep mentioning, you know, we're in this digital age, and um, there's no turning off button. You know, oh, we yeah. are very much absorbed by what do people think of me? You know, I sent a comment on Instagram. What does that, you know, there's lots of work. So that's anxiety can be, is very much about the worry and depression tends to be, I guess can be the opposite. Although, you know, Claire, you've mentioned, you know, with your, with the differences in your family, that one family member went, you know, in a more of a manic way. Yes. It's absolutely part of depression. And we call that a kind of manic, a manic depressive disorder. Yeah. But um, depression is the loss of wanting to do pleasurable things, trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, um, loss of appetite or eating too much. They're kind of extremes, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, they they can and they do overlap a lot. Now, when it comes to, I guess, for our clients when they speak to us, it's the word anxiety that keeps coming up. And I, I think anxiety is a very, um, it's a big word at the moment, isn't it? It's another, as you say, in the age of digital, it's mm. great that there's more conversation about it, but it's also being banded around and people might not know what that is. And I've, there's several types of anxiety, isn't there? There's this general anxiety, yes. social anxiety. Mm-hmm. You, as you say, it could be a panic disorder, phobic PTSD something I know something about and health anxiety it's all about the health anxiety so can I I think you can but can you experience more than one type of anxiety yeah absolutely so you know someone who's experiencing general anxiety it, it wouldn't be abnormal for them to experience social anxiety at the same time. You know, I can't go to that work function because I'm worried about how I might be perceived or I'm worried that I can't yeah. maintain conversation, you know, and then that goes into a phobic anxiety of, you know, staying at home, mm-hmm. agoraphobic, not wanting to leave the house. Mm-hmm. So absolutely things can you definitely can have more than one. Sounds like, gosh, you know, there's no, there's no um, hope. But what I would say is that owning it and accepting it is actually very powerful. Yeah. And saying to yourself, look, we live in this world right now where it's really full on and yeah. it's okay to feel a bit anxious or out of control in certain situations yeah. and to give yourself a break you know, we are in this world at the moment where there is a lot going on. And as you say, we've come out of a pandemic and now we're in a, you know, a financial crisis. It is hard. Trying to sometimes battle against it actually can be just as, you know, not helpful as well. Yeah. And I I know what you're saying there because, you know, my experience with, with, with trauma and that's because of my, you know, my ex-husband and the nature of our relationship. And it, it was one of those things that once I acknowledge, it was almost like I didn't want to say I was trauma because I couldn't go, I couldn't go to where, how bad it had been. Yeah. But once I almost was like, no, that's actually something just clicked in me one day. And I was just like, I have to, I have to face this now. And, mm. and we have to, we, we, I have to meet this. And it things that was when actually very slowly, very slowly, I will say that. Yeah. But things started to get better. And I, I it may have been just like seeing a snowdrop. And that gave me hope to get through the next six hours. But 
it yeah. was it it was measurable definitely yeah. once I met it for sure yeah. and it's yeah. still a journey but it's <laughs> uh, yeah I can now be talking about it like this yeah yeah absolutely so with that in mind how much should we focus on the cause of why we're in our anxious moments mm. versus trying to adopt a new way of thinking to sort of move forward can we sort of I suppose, over-talk or overthink about the cause of why we're anxious in the first place? I do think it's both, actually. I think having insight and understanding, you know, like Claire, you saying about what happened to you, meeting that and accepting it and going, it's this, is a way of understanding the insight of the cause, right? So that in situations now, you have that insight and you go, you can say to yourself, okay, I'm having a moment here. It's no wonder I'm having a moment. You're able to give yourself a break. So there's that. That's about the insight. And then I think it's, okay, what what would a new response look like? And that, as you say, it can take time and depending on what it is, you know, it can take time. I like to think of it as developing internal best friends, people that are going to have an arm around you, i.e. yourself, in those situations where you can say, I know what's going on. I know this is my stuff. I know it's linked to this. But I'm not in that situation now. I've got my feet on the ground. I'm going into a meeting. I'm not going to die. You know, those internal dialogues are actually really helpful. So I feel it's both, actually. Just before Christmas, I had a moment where I think all of that played out with me. And I was at work in the the city and um, just... You know, I was there with my, my prep porridge and um, and I was crossing the road at a zebra crossing and a van didn't see me, but then screeched to a halt and beeped his horn at the same time. Now, I felt like I was about to have a, because that's where I carry my anxiety around my, my heart. Triggering because my ex-partner had a van the same colour. Mm-hmm. There was noise and noise for me is something that sets me into just because of what happens. It's just noise is something that triggers me. So I got to the other side of the road and I had still had to face the day. And I, I my heart was, and I, I just under my coat, slipped my hand under my coat and put it on my heart. And I was like, I, right, okay, he just missed the zebra. He freaked out himself. He nearly hit a pedestrian that could have ended his career. That's why he had his moment. He is not my ex. Yeah, My ex wasn't trying to run me down. He wasn't trying to murder me. I am still going to enjoy my prep porridge. And I'm, I'm still going to be able to work. But right now, I'm just going to have my hand on my heart and, and just know that what I'm feeling is okay. And I didn't realize I was connecting the two of what yeah. you said there and it does help definitely it does yeah so um I suppose the next question is um does stress anxiety and depression have any physical manifestations and can that delay or confuse the treatment now I personally feel it does <laughs> as I remember when I was in a very busy stressful job how it actually affected two things my hands were covered in eczema stress and um my heart I started getting palpitations and I actually ended up in A&E one day from work and just realized it was all just overworked stress related anxious about everything going on and it came out physically I know some people can suffer from hair loss when they're stressed as Mm. well Am I right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the brain and the body work 
in you know they're together they work together so you know if one isn't right then you're going to see it on the on the body and and vice versa and you know in in your sharing I you know I'm not surprised you are probably in such a heightened state of anxiety overwork that your nervous system you know the cortisol churning 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 around the body for lengths of time will at some point say no thanks I'm not I'm not interested and the body will respond accordingly now you know whether that's um people get to burnout they have a breakdown you know in some circumstances people end up you know having heart attack strokes yeah. you know eczema is hugely related to stress yeah. um and anxiety um so absolutely yeah. um physical manifestations when things are so prolonged and ignored yeah. you know because i think we we are a society of we just keep going and trying to look at how we might do things differently can be very overwhelming like I don't know where to start and I can't just give up my job so people don't and and as you say you know they they can get really unwell Anna will kill me for saying this because I always try and bring in Dr Pimple Hopper in everything (laughs) (laughs) so much but I actually did watch one last week and it was it got me thinking about anxiety and there was a lady with these open sores on her body and um like on her arms her stomach her chest and she, even the way she was showing her sores, like she had her nails in them. It was like, God, that's already like over. Oh, calming, yeah. she was just mm. really going for it. And mm. it came to, and she was like, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my skin. I've, you know, I've, she Googled a lot of physical manifestations mm. and this was a physical manifestation of her. Basically she was, she had, bariatric surgery that had gone wrong so the weight she'd lost came back on and she'd been an alcoholic and my mum and I sitting there over Christmas watching this my mum's like what's going on and I said I'm telling you mum the body keeps the score there's a whole book on it and yes, I said it's a wonderful book it's she is disgusted by herself it is so sad to see and I think she's doing that to her skin and she might even be doing it in her sleep well yeah. sure enough Dr. Pimple Popper was on it and she had been doing it to her in my sleep. And it was, they called it neurological dermatitis. Mm-hmm. So it was that self-taught, but it was actually, mm-hmm. but she'd been having loads of steroid creams and they were trying to do it from the, which was actually making it work, but it was yeah. all how she felt. It's crazy. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but it's very true. I mean, that's a you know a form of self harm as well. You know, yeah. when, you, you know. I could see it when she was digging her nails, and yeah. she was kind of really excited to be showing the camera this. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of excited to see it too. <laughs> what does that say about me? <laughs> yeah, not great. Sorry, I'm not know, great. <laughs> so, anxiety, depression, and stress—they're so prevalent in society, but they're still very hard to talk about, isn't there? Still a lot. Of- denial and confusion about mm. it and is that shame and how can we talk to loved ones if we've got it or how can people talk to us about it if they've got it yeah I think because a lot of people still have the kind of when you say to someone I've got anxiety or I'm stressed yeah. or I've got depression because there's still not a complete understanding with some generations it's like oh just get on with it you yeah. know it's that kind of mentality where you just got to keep going yeah. keep going yeah how do you approach that I think seek out the ones that are going to listen you know yeah I think there's a lot to be said that if you're trying to share 
with people your authentic self which is I feel very anxious I'm very depressed I'm, I'm not coping with people that aren't interested and just get on with it then that's you know not going to be helpful for you because you don't want to have that unsupportive you know part once you deliver that info so trying to seek out others that will hear you validate you and say gosh you know that must be really difficult for you is hugely important and hugely healing actually I would say try to seek out those that can hear you and validate you you know and if people don't have that in their lives forums are great you know where you can go on and read stories of people that are suffering in the same way you're like okay so I'm not on my own you know um there are some wonderful books that you can get you know if you don't so that you don't feel alone with it you know connecting with others is is so key really to thinking oh actually I don't feel so alone you know and sometimes I think stepping out of maybe your immediate group can help can't it I think maybe though that immediate group maybe say I'm thinking of family oh are they like this are they they suggesting they're like this because of me and it's not it's not where we're at all with that is it but I think sometimes a neutral person or as you say a forum where you can hear different aspects of it but you can connect with each story in some level could be a place where you can open more easily yeah I often find you know opening up in the most surreal circumstance ends up you end up connecting with others that you never thought you would you know in in work or I don't know a conference or whatever it is you know where you can just say oh god I'm really anxious about being here today I find this sort of and someone well, just that it's like giving a gift, you know, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, me too. You know, yeah. and all of a sudden your anxiety levels just they lower. We're connecting. I'm not on my own. Taking a breath. Someone else feels the same. Oh, yeah. It's like going to school for the first day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, um, the small things are something that we don't often think about. We want to get Maybe, as you say, like people think, oh, no, I've got to go to therapy and I haven't got any money to do that. And and small things. And if somebody if you are aware that somebody close to you is is going through either one of those three, you know, particularly depression and anxiety, and you, you you can feel that when they're chatting to you. What can you say or do to help? What's the best way of approaching them? Yeah, because it's hard to cross that line. And yeah. Say, oh, I think you might be. Sometimes I just sense it with people and I just think, God, they just need a hug. Like they actually just need confidence. Yeah. And I think there's real value in that. Possibly we're too quick to jump to the solutions and fix yeah. in. And actually there's a lot of power in just being alongside and saying, you know what? I'm here I see that you're having a really difficult time. Um, do you want to talk about it? You know, rather than, okay, what can we do? You know, we can get to that stage, but yeah, often yeah. people just need to be, you yeah. know, obviously I do, do do a lot of work with children and I think sometimes we don't allow space for them to just be in whatever emotion that is. Okay. They need to feel it and just be with it because it's okay. You know, because emotions, they shift. They're like the ocean. They're a state. They don't stay with you. Sometimes I think there's just a lot of power in being alongside. If someone is very unwell and they're getting to a point where they're talking about self-harm, suicide, that's a different conversation for sure. That's about, well, why don't we go and make an appointment with a GP together? 
why don't we go and seek support within you know mental health services in our area I'll come with you it's about support you know being alongside I think you know often when I see clients it takes sometimes six months for me just to be alongside and not get into intervention and and right okay let's try you know it, it is about just being alongside people in their in their pain sometimes and so how much of a role do genetics your environment um play in anxiety and depression huge really you know as I said you know I do do a lot of work with children I think you know if you grow up in a household where um there is mental health um, problems with with parents or there's addiction or there's you know unpredictability within the household mm. you are highly likely to develop your own mental health problems as as an adult um so I think that there is no um there's no getting away with that but I would say is that early intervention is key you know like not leaving it until you're in your late 30s 40s to go oh, yeah oh god you know, I've been wrecking my life, trying to cope with all this stuff, you know, trying to kind of think about your, your life sooner, really. I was thinking about this with my mum, actually, because Mm. funnily enough, her, she had several bouts of depression. And I think her first big one was between 16 and 18. Now, her, my grandfather was in the in the army, in the RAF, and he was a prisoner of war. Yeah. And that was very much after the war, you came back and you didn't talk yeah. about those experiences, you just got on with it. Mm. However, I think he was really strict with her, really, really strict with her. And I think his depression or his trauma of those events played out in my mum first, like she was almost the end result of it, mm-hmm. because it was... It, it, it was the way he was treating her because it's how he felt about himself and it manifested in her, whether you say that's genetic or environment or a little bit of the, the murder of both. But it she didn't, none of, because this was in the, the 50s, 60s, there was no language behind it then, but she now sees it in her 70s when we've chatted about it since, when it depression was kind of cropping up and she was like, yeah, actually there was a trigger behind it and it was, and she can see the, the kind of the lineage in it. Yes. Yeah. So with, there is a, it's called transgenerational trauma where you're right, you know, it does travel down through families, yeah. just through my own history, you know, again, you know, my mum suffering very heavily from depression, but then her parents, mum had suffered terribly from anxiety and depression her yeah. father had committed suicide so that's like three generations yeah, yeah. Just, it, as you say it just travels down but the cycle can be broken I want to say that you know that yeah you that's good to hear yeah. so if you know you can break that cycle then because I can see the cycle replaying itself with my daughter for example because I do suffer from health anxiety and I know I've got that from my mum 100 yeah. mm-hmm. so um if you, I, I, I now see it in my daughter and she's always, that's the first thing is, am I going to get a fever? This will be on the way to school. <laughs> am I going to get a fever today? Um, what if I feel sick? What if I throw up at school today? So I can already yeah. see she's worrying about going to school, but it's coming out with health, yeah. health issues. Yeah. Which yeah. Aren't there. How do, how do I break that cycle to stop her from getting health anxiety? Cause she'll yeah. So the biggest thing that. I would say is to model to her say you know what get down on her level and say you know what mummy used to feel like that too I do this 
I do this and I feel like this. Do you know what, though, I've realized is actually I'm okay, And this worry, I don't need it. Where should we put this worry? Should we put it in a box and maybe have a look at it again at the end of the day? You know, it's about that's a great lovely. idea. Yeah. <laughs> that's making me quite emotional. That's <laughs> you know, it's about modeling is is maybe what you didn't have, you know, from your mum because she wasn't in a place and she didn't have the knowledge as they don't in those generations. Of course not. And that's how we break the cycle, is we we can kind of interrupt that by and also, you know, even when I have a moment and I, I just say, I am depressed today I'm sad this is what it looks like you know this is what it looks like we're not all squeaky clean perfection I know we would like to be like that but life is not like that and I think the best gift you can give to your children is to show them that we all have emotions yeah I always think about a Jacob's ladder of emotions and I've kind of got my bottom emotion where it's you know shit pit and then I've got joy at the top and I think every step of that ladder is valid it's not yeah. what, I, what this is what I've learned in the last you know three years it's mm. okay to be on any run of that ladder I'm not going to stay there and yeah. even if I go down there's space to go up yeah and, and that's something that I you know I visualize that in my head Visuals are very I try good. and feel it in my body and I, I guess that's where my yoga comes into play because I will try and connect with you know and this is a little bit woo-woo for some people but I try and connect with color and chakras that helps me. And I think that's my artist background. And then I, I visualize moving up. But, you know, if I'm not up the next day, it's okay. I've got the it's day. It's okay. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. Give yourself a break and say yeah. it's okay. So if um, someone's uncomfortable, let's just say with formal treatment. Yeah. What other options are yeah. there? Yeah, there's loads, you know. Um, I mean, I'm, I shouldn't be saying that as I'm a therapist. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Equally, there are, you know, there are the obvious things, which I know even when I hear them, I'm like, oh, because we all want a kind of quick fix. But checking your diet, exercise are those pillars, those foundations that we all need. Now, I wouldn't be someone that would sit and do a meditation app. I would find that very difficult. That is not for everybody. Okay, that can make send people into a spin. You know, I walk, I go out in the morning, I walk my dog for an hour, you know, before anyone else is up. And that is very soothing and it allows me to calm you know before the day so that you know just just simple things I just want to mention somatic exercises which anyone can do if you go and check out workout witch on Instagram she is amazing she does these exercises and you can just do them in your room she's also got courses bundles you can buy but it's just rocking and what that do it is doing is it's setting your nervous system a sympathetic to the parasympathetic which is the calm the relaxed so you know we get up in the morning we're frantic already oh my god I've got to get the kids ready you know and we're already in that whereas rocking so you lie on your side you can rock you can roll your hips and you keep doing it and you're what you're doing is resetting the nervous system so it's out of the sympathetic and into the parasympathetic which is very helpful free you can do it so do you know I've just realized because I always practice yoga in the morning because we heavily encourage when we chat to have an hour to themselves and I, I, even if that's hanging from the rafters if you want to and so upside down but whatever that hour means to you it's to yourself but for me it's yoga and actually I just realized now that we always start off doing these figure of eights with our hips yeah oh that's, that's it and I didn't realize but it, I did always five minutes later I was like wow I 
I feel good. Fine. I feel really well, if you good. think, you know, how we soothe babies, you know, we rock yeah. them. You know, it's natural. Everybody does it. You know, anyone who's not even had a child will rock a child because it's and you're doing the same thing for yourself as it's very soothing. Yeah. It's very calming. It's I think free. That's where I find the power of touch now. I'll put I, I know where anxiety sits kind of somewhere between my throat and heart. And I'm very I'm all about having a scarf on because I can just slip my hand under there. And I feel so much better when I put my hand on it and just put it's not even that long actually it's just mm. uh I'm holding it and that's yeah, the, yeah it helps so much mm. of we we do toolkits and routines for people and we we've got to the morning routine which I love thank you for bringing that up <laughs> is there anything that as you say not I know toolkit won't heal depression or anxiety but can help support with their journey yeah what can people do yeah I mean I think as you said I think a good routine in the morning I think is really helpful Um, so even if it is a few of these rocking exercises cold showers are really good oh I know I've really got a brace myself um I know that sounds like but you can start really small you can just do a blast and then it shocks the body into like feeling and it feels it can feel really good you know and it it can it can slice through that really I don't want to be here this is a shit day for feeling in the moment it can it can really help you know if that's too much water on the face cold water on the face you can do that as well it's actually really good um so I think those things are are really simple and don't cost anything yeah not taking up too much time which I know in the morning is difficult when you've got families and things I mean, we also, we we try and at night, I guess, to have a good morning routine. It's about having a good nighttime routine. And I, mm-hmm. I think there's that element of like, we always encourage, put yourself to bed like you would a child. Mm, that's good advice. Stop, stop digital way yes, before yes. you go to bed, like at, at least an hour, because that little rabbit hole of yeah. scrolling. Yeah. That, <laughs> and also I find that causes anxiety, anxiety yeah. anyway. Just yeah. you start to see posts of other people. It doesn't matter what platform it is. You'll see something that scaremongers in some way. And that, that gives you a reaction already because then you start feeling anxious. Oh my God, we're going to go to war. You know, it's like yeah. Yeah. the news oh. and oh, it's, a, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah, it the, the a only lot. nuclear bomb going off is the one in your head right now. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah don't go on yeah don't you know it feels obvious to say it because everyone's like yeah we know it but we all still do it you know that's the thing anyhow it sucks you in isn't it and you just yeah but it is something we're always like I've actually tried a weighted blanket Mm. (gasps) again it's like a hug it's yes oh, yeah that's and the only way I can sleep oh, I have I to it. have something weighty on top of me I like yeah. to, to be him. cocooned almost <laughs> yeah well you're, you're 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 calming that nervous system that's yeah. what you're, that's what it's doing you know it's like when animals sit on your lap or oh yes yeah. that's true actually mm. suppose the last question we've got can anxiety or stress be good for you <laughs> I mean <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if it can but I think it's can we make friends with it? Because yes. I don't think we're going to get rid of it, are no, we? No. And I think that's an unrealistic ask. And I think, as you say, we're always in society looking for a quick, I don't want to feel this. I want it away from me. Yeah. So is there a way of, let's shake hands. Let's have a government's yeah. agreement. How we're going to <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I mean, gosh, you know, if we didn't have that, we'd all be sloths. Like, you know, we need an element of 
anxiety and stress to achieve things in our day and achieve our goals and spur us to do things and have um, purpose in our lives, which is something that we all, you know, we all actually really want. We want connection with others. So we do need an element of that, um, that get up and go-ness. And I think you're right. You know, it is about acceptance that there are moments that is going to be stressful. Like if you're going into a particularly stressful you know, period of work to own it and say, okay, strap in this next week. It's going to be a bit much, but what am I going to do within it to be okay and not let it swamp me? You yeah. know, yeah. what moments am I going to put in place that are going to support me and help me this week? Emma, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Yeah, you're welcome. I've enjoyed it. Oh, we've really enjoyed it. And we hope our listeners have enjoyed yeah. it too. So if you want to um, you know, find out more about Emma or you feel that you might want to speak to her or have a family member you want to refer, then go to Emma Williams Psychotherapy. It's a holding page and you can get in contact with her there. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Time Talks by Labour and Love London. So please comment below, share, subscribe on our website, labourandlovelondon.com. And if you want to find out more about time management, we've got a great time toolkit on there that you can buy to help you gain back time. Making time for you, Anna and Claire.